You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show. Hey, this is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thrilled again, as in every week, to be here with you and to be able to do this for you and for D&B Supply. Just the highlight of my week, everybody. Well, the other highlight, the highlight of my year, I guess, is to always just be able to talk about how great it is out here and all the different things we get to participate in. And I get to talk about everything from farming and ranching, which I love, to hunting, to growing your own vegetables all the way over to outdoor recreation which is such a great addition that dnb has come up with and it's so great to include everybody out here in the west that likes to get into the outdoors and enjoy all of this great country we have around us that we get to explore well there is something i have been reading about for a few years that i'll tell you what if you don't know about it there are people from all around the country and even all around the world who are so interested in a mountain biking route that we have here right in Idaho. It's called the Idaho Hot Springs Mountain Bike Route. And really, the probably the most popular jumping off point for it, although you don't have to start in Boise, but probably the most popular jumping off point is out of Boise. And it's wonderful. It takes you to multiple different hot springs, tons of beautiful scenery, and some challenging riding. Uh, definitely got to be in shape for this one, for this long, long ride. Well, today I actually get to speak with the person who came up with the concept, went out, drove the entire route, because you actually can drive this if you want to, drove the entire route and created the map and then got it published through the Adventure Cycling Association. And that person is Casey Green, who formerly was a cartographer for the Adventure Cycling Association. And we're going to hear the whole story today. We're going to hear about his favorite parts and places to go on the route, how to access it, and what you need to do to enjoy this trip or how you might be wanting to break it up and even some of his favorite hot springs along the way. So we'll have that coming up for you here in just a moment. Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you bet. You know, I have been hearing about the Idaho Hot Springs mountain bike route for a long time now. And uh, I'm one of these people I'm looking at it going, I don't even know if I dare try, but I am excited to, to get the insight on it because it is such an interesting route. So it's a thrill to be able to speak with you and to be able to speak with the person who actually created this route or at least mapped it out. Yeah, it's like I said, it's great to be here. It's a, it's a pretty exciting route. Um, I think that riders that you know, partake in the route, you know, I, I, I hope that they get a great experience, not only with the hot springs, but also mountain biking and the rural towns that they pass and the beautiful landscape of Idaho. Well, let's do this. I want to start off just by having you, if you would, just kind of give us a brief introduction of you, what it is you do now and and who you are, where you live, all of that. uh, So our audience can kind of get to know who you are a little bit. Yeah, I'm located in Missoula, Montana. I just moved here. Um, I just moved back here, actually. Um, For seven years, I was a cartographer at Adventure Cycling Association. And part of that time, you know, came up with and mapped the Idaho Hot Springs mountain bike route. I then transitioned to a graphic design role there. And then I left the organization a couple years ago to pursue other goals and worked for an ad agency for about a year. And now I'm back in Missoula. How did you become a cartographer in the first place? You know, I always had a a love for maps. I I think a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. I always have 
I always was a kid in the backseat on family vacations, like looking at maps, like as we're zooming along the highway, just kind of looking at what town's going to be next. And it was funny because I sort of lost that a little bit, but I was, I was, when my daughter was born like 15 years ago, I, I went back to school and I was in geography and the last thing I wanted to do with maps uh, was maps, but I sort of came around to it and, and all that love came back after a while mm-hmm. and uh, I just sort of fell back in love with it. And yeah, and then I moved out to Missoula and ended up going to school for a little bit and then dropping out and then getting my dream job at Adventure Cycling, mapping bike routes. Wow. Well, it's it's really interesting and we should explain to everybody just in, in case any of our listeners don't know what the Adventure Cycling Association is uh, so they can kind of understand how you can actually get a job doing this mapping bike routes. So can you kind of explain what your past employer, what they're all about? Yeah, Adventure Cycling is the, um, they're the largest nonprofit cycling organization in North America um, and they're based in Missoula and basically they're all about helping people and empowering people to travel on bicycles. And mostly they do that through helping people travel long distance on bicycles. So Mm -hmm. if you see people riding through your town with big bags on there and they look like they're dirty and gritty and they've been going more than a couple hundred miles, those are the people that adventure cycling helps to, uh, and empowers to, to get out there and do that kind of adventure. And they have all kinds of different programs. They run their own tours. They have over 40,000 miles of map bike routes across the country, which the Idaho Hot Springs Mountain Bike Route is part of. Mm-hmm. They have a wonderful members-only magazine that shares and inspires people and just has, has great long-form articles in it. Yeah, and there's just all kinds of wonderful programs. Yeah, and even though they're based in Missoula, which is kind of like right in Idaho's hip pocket, uh, they're mapping the entire United States. They've got phenomenal maps for the entire country. Yeah, totally. It's 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 pretty amazing what what can get done from little Missoula, Montana. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so this begs the question, this is a chicken or the egg question, but was it a passion for bike riding and then single track and mountain bike riding that led you to working there and becoming a cartographer there? Or was it the flip-flop that you had the skills and they needed somebody to help draw up the routes and map the routes and that got you into cycling? You know, it was honestly, um, I had done bike touring before, so I knew of adventure cycling before I even moved to Montana. And it's sort of, I I think sort of both of those skills sort of led me into adventure cycling, just that I had a touring background um, and that I had the cartography skill set. Well, that's a great introduction. And I think that background is going to make it really clear to everybody as we talk about what the Idaho Hot Springs mountain bike route is and how it all came about. Let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's jump into that. Does that sound all right? Yeah, that sounds great. Summer festival and concert season is here. But is your wardrobe ready for the next big show? D&B Supply will help you look your best with a huge selection of Wrangler shirts, jeans, and more. Wrangler gear is the perfect fit for any night out. Plus, with a wide range of styles, cuts, and sizes, Wrangler will keep you comfortable long after the music stops, through the after party, and even the after-after party. So stop by D&B Supply for summer looks that stand out wherever your night takes you. The heat is on this summer in more ways than one, because now is the perfect time to update your old wood fireplace with a gas insert from D&B Supply. Get fired up for the change of seasons with quadrifier or heat and glow stoves and inserts. Safe, 
easy to use, and money-saving, a gas insert updates the look of your home and heats it more efficiently. Check out our Quadrifier or Heat & Glow inserts and see why D&B is a real hot spot for quality fireplaces. Well, Casey, you know, it's interesting being able to to host this show and to do this and interview so many interesting people like yourself out here in the West. So many people that are that are listening to our show. I mean, we've got such a wide range of people. We got people that have farmed and ranched their whole lives, and that is their 100% of their livelihood. And we've got folks that live in an urban setting, and they work in an urban setting, but they love living out here in the West because of the public ground and the ability to get out and explore it. And, you know, it's funny, I always think, or I used to stereotype folks that farmed and ranched full-time until I found out a lot of these folks are finding time off of their farms, off of their ranches to go out and explore and do recreational stuff, just like what we're talking about with the Idaho Hot Springs mountain bike route. So I am just thrilled to let everybody know that there is this famous route that you created right here in our backyard. People talk about it all over the country, all over the world. People want to come do it. And here we have it right here. So let's do this. Let's start off by having you just explain to everybody what is the Idaho Hot Springs mountain bike route. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good bike route, I think. Basically, it's on dirt roads. We have a number of sections of it, but it's it's basically anchored by a core loop that we call the main route that is about 500 miles and, you know, if you're if you're in decent shape, you could do it in roughly 2 weeks and still take a rest day or two. You know, and basically it's just dirt roads. You can do it on anything from a cross bike to a fat bike, even if you're a road cyclist, you know, and, you know, the only uncomfortability that you might have is just kind of being a little bit more remote than you're used to. And then we have four single track sections, which sort of cater to the people that want to, I guess, have a little bit more of a backcountry experience on single track, Mm -hmm. you know, where you might have to push your bike a little bit or, you know, forward a creek or two and, and that kind of thing. And then we have a paved cutoff that cuts the main route in half. So if you don't have time to do the whole two-week thing, you can just take a week and do half of it, either half of it. And then we have a spur to the Boise Airport. And within all of that riding, the route will guide you to over 50 hot springs. That's awesome that that is available. And that's right here, both from the standpoint of it's so local, but that we have that many hot springs within bicycle riding reach. Oh, totally. And it's, you know, it's like Idaho has the most soakable hot springs in the US, if not all of North America. So it's it's a pretty neat thing. I mean, everybody talks about Idaho being the whitewater state, you know, and all this cold water and great fishing and, you know, the Salmon River and the Selway and all that kind of stuff. But really, the hot water makes it unique as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, this route, is it traversable? Well, obviously, the single track is going to be traversable only by bicycle. The rest of it, the, the route that takes the dirt roads in, is that something that can be done off of a bicycle on some other form of transportation as well? Yeah. I mean, most, if not all of the hot springs on the main route is completely accessible by motor vehicle. And, you know, if people don't want to ride a bicycle, I'd encourage them to pick up the map anyways and just kind of 
kind of, and uh, adventure cycling doesn't really want to market it this way, but I, th- I think it's a really great way to market it because you can actually get to these hot springs and there's, there's directions to the hot springs so that anybody can access it. There's a couple points on the route where the main route does go on, let's say an ATV trail or something where mm-hmm. a car would have to drive, you know, five, 10 miles around. But, you know, for the most part, you know, I made the map so that you'll be able to understand and navigate your way around those sections too. Now, when you were making this map, how does the process work? Did you sit down and you you looked at it all on paper first and went, I think this will work? Then you had to go out and write it? Yeah. So the inspiration from it came about 10 years ago. Me and a buddy of mine did a a trip uh, across northern, a bicycle trip across northern Idaho and Montana where we rode to and stayed at Forest Fire Lookout Towers every night. Mm-hmm. Um, we reserved them and we stayed to those. And I just thought it was such like a wonderful destination trip, you know, to be able to like stay at a forest fire lookout every single night and then just hop on your bike the next morning and start riding off to the next one. After I got done with that trip, it was sort of like, well, what's next? And I was thinking about destinations and I'm thinking like, well, what else do I like in the Northern Rockies? And, and hot springs was an obvious choice. And the nice thing about the hot springs is that you don't have to reserve them like you do the forest fire lookout towers. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of where the concept came from. And then it was sort of like a matter of just sort of uh, wireframing a route out and just kind of saying like, okay, let's plot out on a map where all these hot springs are. And then let's plot out, you know, hypothetically where the hot springs, can you connect them by roads? And then when we're planning out routes too, we don't have to think, we don't just think about like, what's the best riding. We have to think about um, all kinds of other services too. Like where can riders resupply? Where can they camp at? Where can they stay in hotels? Uh, Where can they possibly get a bike fixed? You know, all those kind of services we're sort of plotting out. So the route really takes riders. It doesn't just take riders to hot springs, but it also accommodates services along the way that they can access. And that's really cool too, because it takes you through all the beautiful mountain towns in Idaho, right? Mm -hmm you know, Ketchum and Stanley and McCall and even historic towns like Placerville, you know. And so we're really looking to really augment the experience for the riders so that we can, um, I mean, the hook, I always said that the hook is the hot springs to get people on the route, right? Like, oh, a ton of hot springs. But but really, I, I, I feel like, and I've talked to a lot of riders too, is that they've, what they've taken away is just how amazing central Idaho is yeah. and how like you really don't hear about it in the national media or like travel magazine. You know what I mean? For the most part, it's just kind of like this out of the way place that has, you know, pretty nice people and pretty beautiful landscapes, you know, I mean, some unrivaled landscapes like the sawtooth, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so we do that. So we plot it out and research the services, the hot springs, see if there's roads that connect it. And then pretty much from there, it's just sort of a, I would go down and ground truth it. And the reason I know that most of it is drivable, it's because I actually went down and drove to research it to save time, okay. right? Okay. Um, so the main route we drove all, you know, the Boise Spur, um, the Loman Cutoff, we drove all those and then all the single track sections we had to ride because that was the only way to sort of get out there and research those spots. So yeah, it was me jumping out of a car, running up to a hot spring, ch- <laughs> taking a G- GPS point and then hopping back in the car. You know, so I think we did it over the period of four weeks or so. Well, I cannot imagine after a long, hot and dusty day of riding your bike, how nice it's got to be to get in a hot springs and then to be completely, I guess, cleaned off when you get into your sleeping bag at night. Yeah, totally. It's really great. And if it's really hot, you, they're usually by a creek too, so you sure. can hop in that. Actually, pro tip to hot springs in the summertime is is hit them in the morning when it's cooler out. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot of times I would get into camp and I'd be like, oh my God, it's so hot. Last thing I want to do is 
get into a hot spring. Right. Um, so we just wait till the morning time, get up early and then, and then soak in the hot spring, which is a pretty good way to start your day too. If you don't get too dehydrated, that is. <laughs> that is exactly right. All right. Let's take another break. And when we come back, let's talk about some of the towns this runs through. Okay. Cool. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at DMB Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite DMB Supply. Feeding your pet's lifelong health starts with science, and that's exactly what's behind Hills Science Diet. Made by vets, scientists, and nutritionists, Hills Science Diet offers biology-based nutrition for all pets with formulas for every age, size, and special requirement or need, like joint health and weight loss that create differences you can see, feel, and trust. No wonder it's the number one veterinarian recommended pet food. So pick up Hills Science Diet at D&B Supply today. Well, Casey, how many towns does the Idaho Hot Springs mountain bike route, how many towns does it actually go through? I think it depends on how you define the word town or define what a town is. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I would say the main towns that it, that it hits along the way is um, a lot of people I think will start in Boise because that's a natural way to get into the airport. Mm-hmm. So if you're going uh, clockwise, it would be Boise, then up to Idaho City, Placerville, Crouch, um, Cascade, McCall, and then you sort of have a period between McCall and Stanley where there isn't really a town. You kind of go by, is it Warm Lake and the North mm-hmm. North Shore Lodge there? Um, but yeah, then you get down to Stanley, which is a beautiful spot. Um, and then down into Ketchum, Featherville, and then back over to Boise. And then if you're on the single track, you hit a couple other, other places like Atlanta, Idaho, which is one of my favorite spots. Mm-hmm. You know, down the middle fork of the Boise, right up against the Sawtooth, backside of the Sawtooth Wilderness. You know, Bergdorf Hot Springs, again, not really a town, but you got some amenities there and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's a great little tour of of what Central Idaho has to offer in terms of small towns. I mean, you know, Central Idaho, it's chock full of so much wilderness that, you know, again, that's another thing that that made this Hot Springs route a little bit problematic was trying to skirt all the wilderness that's out there because – you're not allowed to be in possession of a bicycle in a federally designated wilderness. Uh, but yeah, the towns are beautiful. You know, obviously I, I have my, I mean, all the towns are really beautiful and, and I, I think the riders have really enjoyed them too. Now I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you're up to date on this or not, but I know a couple of years ago that the road going east out of Featherville got washed out by a flash flood. Do you know if the route's still intact, if, if yeah. bicycles can get through? You know, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I'm assuming that it is. I mean, as far as Forest Service go, roads go, that's a pretty major one. And so I'm assuming that they fixed it in the last couple of years. I think they did. A lot of times when that happens, the road crews will even like build little sort of walkways around that stuff mm-hmm. or sort of over it for bicycles and pedestrians so they can get across. Mm-hmm. So, I, And I think that's what happened in there too. Even though it was closed, I think that they ended up um, – Right. That's the nice thing about a bicycle too, right? If right. the road's closed and there's a landslide, if you feel comfortable enough, which most times it's it's probably okay, you know, you can sort of pick your bike up and just sort of walk it around, yeah. you know, pick yourself up and go over the landslide. It's more problematic when like bridges are out and stuff like that. But, <laughs> right. Uh, 
but uh, in terms of just like landslides, it's, it's always been kind of a, and Idaho is known for that. And so is East, or Western Montana. We just had one up here on a frontage road a couple weeks ago outside of Missoula. Um, I know my wife has been driving boaters down on the Salmon River and had to drive through one that was happening. It's just something that happens all over sure. Idaho. And luckily for us as cyclists, we can sort of pick our way around those kind of things. Well, when I was up in Featherville last fall and it was still closed, but I didn't know if, like exactly what you're saying, if there was a way for pedestrians and bicyclists to get through where it had washed out. Um, so yeah. anybody listening, definitely you want to check into that before you make all your plans to ride through there. But uh, for yeah, and I would, let you yeah, know. I would call the Ranger District down there. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a Ranger District uh, outside of Featherville, but either Ketchum or Featherville would know Okay, for sure. Well, now, do most people, so in your experience and the feedback you've got since this has been created, do most people do the whole loop? Do they do one section at a time and over a period of years uh, get the whole thing done? I mean, how do most people attack this? Oh, boy, that's a big question. I think I sort of get the impression from riders that, you know, this is the type of route, you know, I built it to be a choose your own adventure route. And I sort of get the sense that I think a lot of riders will basically have like a week of PTO, a week time off, and they'll jump out here and do one, one half of the main route, mm -hmm. you know, cause they have a week. And so I know there's a lot of people that do the full main route. And then on each side of the main route, there's each side has two single track options. So I know some people come out and they might have a week off, but they want to dip into one of those single track options too, just to sort of get a feel for that. Um, so I know there's a lot of people that do that. You know, it's a really, it, there's a lot, a lot of options on that route. And I specifically built that in just to maximize uh, let people choose their own adventure and what they want to do and not just be, you know, a lot of our other bike routes at adventure cycling, they, it's kind of like, they're not as easy to navigate as this, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of them are just point to point, like cross country type stuff. Um, and this one, I really wanted to, to give people the access to make it user friendly to be able to, to accommodate their time off, you know? Well, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to ask you about skill levels and about people flying in to do this. I think that's so cool. Okay. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At D&B Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking, Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. Anyone who spends time around horses will tell you, no two are alike. Neutrina understands that horses often have unique nutritional needs as well. That's why D&B Supply carries Neutrina's line of Safe Choice horse feeds. With controlled starch levels, each product in the Safe Choice line is tailored to a specific life stage or special need, so your horses get the precise nutrition they require when they need it most. Neutrina Safe Choice horse feeds, available at your favorite D&B Supply. Well, Casey, you mentioned people flying into Boise. Now, this is something I've I've looked into before, and when I say that, I mean flying with a bicycle. So that's not exactly the easiest thing to do. So are, are most people that are flying in to do this route, are they flying in and renting bikes, or are they actually disassembling and shipping their bikes and putting them back together when they get here? You know, I think that that landscape is changing. I think people do both things, but I actually just saw uh, an article this morning that American Airlines isn't charging any extra baggage fee for, for bicycles now. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So it's just changing all the time. I think Alaska was the first to do it, 
maybe a year or two ago. So I think it's just definitely becoming more accessible to do that. So I think a lot of people are flying in. A lot of people will just have their bike shipped to bike shops, mm-hmm. you know, if that's if that's their thing, and just have the bike bike shop assemble their bikes and they just kind of fly in with their bags. I know of one guy that flew in and bought a bike off Craigslist and just kind of went for it. <laughs> So yeah, it's a great option. Again, it's an accessibility thing. I wanted I wanted people to you know it's Idaho, so Idaho is pretty remote. Yeah, for the rest of the country, and so that you have this one point of Boise, which is super growing city. One of the, I think it's the fastest growing city in the West, and it's like, you know, you have access to that one airport, and so I really wanted to tap into that, you know, mm-hmm. and to get from Boise, and we have the routing for right from the airport. You get out of get off the airport and get right on the route, and boy, it's only like 20 or so miles to get to the main route from the Boise airport. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely something that I really wanted to tap into. And I'm glad that we were able to. So the Boise Spur, I'm assuming, was created just to service people flying in. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So what is that? What is the Boise Spur? Obviously, it starts at the airport. Where does it go from there? Um, it starts at the airport and then it heads out towards, uh, you know, out on 21. It sort of takes the back roads from the airport to get to 21 towards Sandy Point Rec area. And then it goes up over Hilltop Station to the middle fork of the Boise Road where you'll turn off. Okay. And then meet up with the main route down at the end of the reservoir, essentially. Now, and when it comes to skill level, you talked about you talked about the level of fitness that people should have, like if they want to do it like in say around two weeks, something like that. What about skill level? If people are gonna stay on the roads and not on the single track, then what level of riding uh, skill should they have before they attempt this? I don't think that there's really, I mean, if you're talking, are you talking about like technical mountain bike experience? Yes. Yes. I mean, you really, do, you really don't need any technical mountain bike experience to do the main route. There's a couple, uh, faster descents, especially anything that's going in and out of the middle fork of the Boise river is a pretty steep descent or ascent. But at the same time, like there's still forest service roads. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I would say, I would say for a lot of people, um, especially if you're coming from the East coast or you don't have a lot of experience being in, in, in wild places, like that might make people a little bit more uncomfortable than actually the riding itself. Okay. Um, cause the riding is not super bad. Um, I mean, it's, it's mainly on, you know, four service dirt roads on the main route. And then, you know, on the, the cutoffs are, are the cutoffs paved, the Loman cutoff, which cuts the main route in half is paved. And then a lot of the the Boise Spur is paved as well. So there's only a couple little teeny ATV trails and stuff that the main route hits. Um, I think one's like a mile long or something, but it might even be smoother than the dirt road. So you really don't need any technical mountain bike experience to do the main route. And even if you don't have any bicycle experience, just sort of the training that you would do to, to do a route like this, you would probably get as um, enough. Ex- I would think um, you would get enough experience just in that training to go out and do this route okay. in terms of technical ability. Now, if, if somebody wants to do the single track, does that up the game in terms of the experience they need on mountain bikes? Yeah, I think it totally does. I mean, there's some pretty technical trails and there's some pretty washed out trails and there's some trails that you, that you probably don't want to ride and probably won't be able to ride the single track. I mean, it's kind of a big upgrade to go to the single track from the main route, the single track. I think you got to be prepared to, you know, hike your bike up 2000 feet of single track trail, you Mm -hmm. know, if it's too heavy. Um, and you have to be comfortable with like knowing when to get on and off your bike in terms of walking it downhill as well, you know? So, I mean, and that's the other thing, like if you can walk your bike downhill, then you're fine. Or if you can hike your bike uphill, then you're fine. It's just knowing that level of like, Oh, I'm just going to 
chill out and get off and walk my bike. You know, the technical ability is, can be pretty steep on some sections. Um, so I would advise people just to be cautious on those single tracks and it's different. I mean, this is the first time that adventure cycling has ever done single track. And the, the big difference is for us is that we can't like these trails can deteriorate pretty fast and we don't know about it. And they don't get updated and maintained like a forest service road would or a paved road. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could tell you what a trail is going to be like. And, you know, three months later, it could be totally different, you know. So I would suggest people not only have more technical experience going to the single track, but also more backcountry experience, whether you've been backpacking or, you know, you've been on backcountry ski trips or or river trips and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just sort of like a, a better feel for like almost like wilderness travel. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Last break. When we come back, let's wrap it up by talking about some of your favorite parts and maybe what you think is the hardest part. Okay. Sure. Sounds great. It's lawn care season, and that means a return to the battle with unwanted weeds. D&B Supply makes your lawn and garden shootout simple with Orthos ready to spray Weed Be Gone. Weed Be Gone Weed Killer is guaranteed to kill weeds to the roots. Plus, with the convenience of ready-to-spray packaging, you can arm yourself and kill over 250 weeds easier than ever. So make your battle with weeds a breeze with Orthos Weed Be Gone. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. After a long day on your feet, nothing feels better than slipping into some Twisted X moccasins. So pick up a pair at D&B Supply. These aren't your ordinary shoes. With roots in Western boots, Twisted X creates handcrafted, comfortable moccasins that stand out from the pack. They capture the spirit of the American West from the design down to the soles. Find your new favorite comfortable shoes with a pair of Twisted X moccasins. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right. Well, Casey, let's talk about this really quick for excluding the single track, uh, just staying on the Forest Service roads and some of the ATV type trails. Is there a is there a portion of the route that you would consider the hardest or the most difficult? Yeah, I think, as I was saying before, I think any climb out of the middle fork of the Boise, which is if you're doing the southern half of the main route, you're going to at least climb out of the middle fork of the Boise one time. Mm -hmm. And I searched around high and low and there's just not any way out of there that's not steep and long. Uh Um, So that tends to catch people by surprise. So I think that I would say that that's probably definitely the hardest part of the main route. Now, how about a favorite portion? Do you have a favorite stretch of this route? I just love the Sawtooth and White Cloud Mountains Mm -hmm. um, and Stanley. So anytime I can get around there, I'm a pretty happy person. So, you know, either if if you're going on the single track section that goes through Atlanta, Idaho. It's beautiful down there or on the front side of the sawtooth over by Stanley. It's wonderful. I really like the area around McCall as well. Um, the Lick Creek range up there, Bergdorf hot springs is really nice. The whole route is just, it's gorgeous, but see, it's weird because a lot of those places around Stanley that I mentioned, mm-hmm. like that's a section that doesn't have a lot of hot springs. So if you're into hot springs, then like there's other parts of the route that are going to be more appealing. You know, if you're into scenery more like, you know, the sawtooths are going to be great. If you're into forest service history, McCall's super great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of nice stretches on this route. Now, speaking of hot springs, do you have a favorite particular hot springs along the route? Yeah, it's totally secret. No, uh, I'm just joking. Well, actually, I, I was kind of <laughs> expecting that to be your answer. Uh, no, I mean, I, you know... I, the hot springs that are on the route too are, are none that I didn't put any hot springs on there that haven't been published in, you know, 20 books or whatever. And you can yeah. find information on the, on the internet about them too. But I, you know, my two 
my two favorite developed hot springs that I've ever been to are really close to each other, uh, well, relatively close to each other on the route. And that's Bergdorf Hot Springs. I don't know if you've ever been up there, but it's it's a super historic place. Um, it's been around forever in a beautiful setting. And then Gold Fork Hot Springs, sort of between McCall and Cascades, tucked mm-hmm. in the Payette National Forest, is a really nice one, too. They have beautiful pools. They have a, a wonderful soaking experience. It's sort of like a tiered pool system. So mm-hmm. you can go from, like, hot, super hot pools down to, like, a pool that has, like, a little beach that kids can play in and stuff. So. Yep. Yeah, those two are pretty good. Well, you know, I don't know how in tune you are anymore to everything that's going on, but I wanted to ask you this question since I since I have the opportunity. I was looking at uh, an Onyx map, mapping system the other day. I don't know if you're familiar with Onyx, but they publish digital mapping, and it shows like landowners and things like that for hunting. It's something we sell at DNB, and you can get it on your smartphone or on your GPS. And I was looking at this, and there is an old railroad spur that runs from Boise South towards the Mayfield Orchard area. And occasionally I'll see railroad cars on it. It goes out over Cunamora Road or Blacks Creek Road uh, to the south of Boise. And as I was looking at the Onyx mapping system, I noticed that this, this entire set of railroad tracks going out there is owned by the city of Boise Department of Parks and Recreation. And I was blown away by that, and I wondered if that was something coming up in terms of a rails-to-trail, bicycle trail, or something like that. I mean, you doing this professionally for so long, do you have any inside scoop on that? I don't have any. You know, Boise's growing so much. I mean, as you know, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's this kind of stuff just pops up all the time where, you know, as the towns grow, it's like, any, any days, like the planners have to work these kind of things in. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I totally see what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about like federal, like federal way that, that train track that goes out there. Yeah. That train track. And then it, it continues and it kind of parallels I-84, but about, uh, two miles to the West of the interstate and heads out into the desert. And as I was just kind of scrolling through, cause I'm kind of a map person like you, I was scrolling through the Onyx yeah. stuff and it, it says all the way out there into the desert, it's owned by Boise City Parks and Rec. And I thought, oh, there's something coming. But I just thought while I had you Man, on the phone, I'd check. No, I haven't heard anything about it, but that would be super cool. And it might be something that we change. Although, you know, honestly, the, the routing from the airport up until, you know, up until the interstate, essentially, mm-hmm. it's pretty solid routing. I mean, it's all like industrial stuff back there. So there's yeah. not really heavy traffic at all. So I don't know how it would affect us in if not, because I think, because what we do is we swing over on 21, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To go yeah. up towards like the the dam there or whatever. Whereas I think that that, does that rail line sort of swing down towards like, um, like you're going to mountain home or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if it would, I mean, maybe it would be, but we'd have to find a, if we use that, then we'd have to find a, a different way to get up to sort of towards the end of the reservoir, which would be, I can't, man, I haven't been down here in so long. <laughs> I got to get back down. <laughs> can't remember the drainage that it goes up but there's a drainage that it goes up there's a lookout up on top there mm-hmm. thorn thorn creek butte lookout or yeah, something like right. that that's but, right yeah so it would have to do something like that but it, shoot if there's a rail trail there then we might i mean if they were to pop that in and there was easy access onto it from the airport mm-hmm. and i mean that's the other thing that cities look to do it's like well why wouldn't we just build an uh a spur up to the airport from the trail that would take you know a half mile or something like that away from mm-hmm 
the main line or whatever. So, but no, man, that'd be super cool. If it did, let us know if that, if that ends up, if you hear anything about that happening. All right. Well, the power of Onyx, I was, uh, scrolling through it and looking at it. And all of a sudden I had this discovery. I'm like, well, what is this? What's going on? But anyway, I thought I'd check. Well, this has been great, Casey. If people want more information on the route, where should they go to find that? Yeah. I mean, you just go to adventure cycling. That's all one word. org. And you can find information on the organization, the routes, all of our other routes and, and yeah, anything you need. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge and your information and this story with us today. For sure. Anytime. Thank you all for joining us today and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>